You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. at that um welcome to another episode of brown trout and bridge beers um coming to you from zoom studios again because well it's still covid season and we shouldn't be hanging out together eating chicken wings yet no we've got uh mr ebers is joining us uh, hello from his basement and fresh new microphone and then Uh, we have two guests with us this evening not just one we've got two um, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? All right. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm Hillary Pinella. I'm currently the chair of fly fishing women of Minnesota. Um, and I've been involved with the organization for, it'll be, this is my fifth year. And then, uh, I'm also, I'll be serving on the board again next year. So it'll be six years. Um, yeah, I've pretty much been fly fishing for about that same amount of time. Um, picked it up in Colorado. I had no idea we had trout in Minnesota. Um, (laughs) but then I figured out that we did and I've just been really involved with the sport ever since. That's an exciting discovery. Um, to learn that you got, I I feel like I kind of went through the same thing. I'm like, Oh, you grew up in like the Northern Midwest. It's like, what do we have? Uh We have pike and walleye, walleye. Yep. And musky bass. That's it. Exactly. There's more. There's a lot more, just a few, just a few more species, (laughs) uh, than that, that we can always fish for. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we have the person at the top left of my zoom screen. (laughs) I'm Kelly Kellogg. I have um, been fly fishing for since early 2000s. Um, I am also a member of the Minnesota Women um, Fly Fishing Group. Um, not super duper active, but um, I enjoy being part of the group and the conversations. Um, I do cold water, warm water fishing. Um, love it. Uh, muskies are kind of my my favorite and um i look forward to that every year we're not we're not too far away now um right (laughs) i also was reading that you're a member of the league of awesomeness is that is that a badge (laughs) that you wear (laughs) um i i I, it's kind of an old one i kind of forgot like the story behind it but (laughs) you're creeping (laughs) <laughs> i saw it i was like i've got to bring that up that's pretty well it's pretty awesome it, it yeah, was in the, it was in the show notes that grant emailed me today he's like we got to ask about the league oh, of awesome you know i think it came from um we used to do fundraisers for the friends of the mississippi we used to do the mississippi river challenge yep. and i think that was like our um our fundraising group name the league of awesomeness 
Well, nice. you know, I, I think uh, you should spearhead that and get that going again because I, th- I think the world needs more more leagues of awesomeness, especially around the Twin Cities area <laughs> right about now. Um, right on. <laughs> excellent. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining us um, and chatting um, and enjoying hopefully some tasty beverages, whether it be tier tea tears not tears tea or beer (laughs) tea beer whiskey um kelly looks like you might have a margarita some sort going on i appreciate that um but why doesn't somebody kick off let let us know what is fly fishing when women of minnesota yeah um so fly fishing women of minnesota um It actually has like a fairly long history um, as far as like the organization goes in Minnesota. Um, And we're still working on like the history of the club and kind of on like understanding sort of its roots. But um, my understanding, like from some of the like past members who like incorporated the club, um, I think started it back in 1990 and it was originally waiting women of Minnesota. Um, and then it's just kind of grown from there. We obviously changed our name to fly fishing women of Minnesota and we are now a 501 C seven status. So we're, um, like a nonprofit registered here in Minnesota. And I would say, probably like over the past three years or so. I mean, our membership has probably tripled, um, just keeps growing. Yeah. So. Yeah. I remember the, the waiting women of Minnesota. Cause when I was younger, uh, I held my dad out a lot at all the expos and the shows with the DNR. And coincidentally the booth right across from us was always the waiting women of Minnesota. So you know, I'm real familiar with that organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, a lot of like the members of like waiting women and now fly fishing women of Minnesota too have just a really like strong history of being involved in like a lot of other community organizations. Like we have a lot of members who are involved with like trout unlimited and casting for recovery and um, like healing waters and everything like that. So think there's uh yeah it's pretty pretty interesting to see like how it's grown over the years and uh it's like always a fresh new you know batch of women like who are joining and obviously like we haven't had the expo um for like last year and then now this year but um lots of new faces and i think even like our demographic has grown a lot as well so um like age ranges now um i'm seeing like a lot more younger women getting involved too um so that's kind of nice to see yeah that's good for any sport or organization is to have the younger people coming in because um like the older people obviously are getting older and they they get out of things and um so yeah it's good it's good to keep the blood you know coming in and the people fresh so that's do you good guys, to hear. do you guys have any kind of like recruitment program or anything um like mentee mentorship programs that you do through the organization to help the younger crowd yeah um it's i mean obviously like challenging now with uh 
like COVID and things like that. But we did have a pretty strong uh, like one-on-one streamside clinic in the spring. And so we would, you know, usually leading up to that, we'd have a couple like um, shorter like evening sessions to kind of go over like knots and casting and like what you should have on your bag to bring to with you to the water and all that. And then we would do like a one-on-one mentoring session, um, you know, on the water. And it was pretty much like a full day, um, session. And so a lot of those, um, you know, mentees kind of have gone on to, um, like fish more self-sufficiently. And we've also done a couple, um, beginners clinics where, and those ones we've, it originally started where we had like mother, daughter, or, um, like adult child pairs. Um, so that essentially they would have like a fishing buddy kind of built in cause they took a class together. Um, so we did a couple of those beginners clinics and now we're sort of focusing more on some of the, um, just like clinics throughout the year. And are you like, is, is it species specific, like trout fishing mostly, mm-hmm. or is it, um, bass, musky, panfish, whatever, just, just fly fishing, or is it strictly fishing in general? Um, it's definitely focused around probably trout fishing, but there's also, we're trying to bring in more, um, like opportunities for like other warm water species, just because like a lot of times, um, the water that's like most accessible is like the one in your backyard, you know, which is Mm -hmm. usually like a lake and there's bass and panfish and all that stuff. So we've been doing a couple like fishing around town events where we meet up in like some of the Metro lakes and focus on, you know, panfish and bass and stuff. Awesome. Question. You said part of that beginner uh, clinic was, you know, what should you have? in your in your pack when you're going to the stream so what should you have in your pack when you go to the stream oh boy (laughs) put you on the spot um well for me i always bring a lot of water and i'm the kind of person like i fish all day so i've like learned the hard way that if you don't have enough water or beer or beverage it's not a pleasant (laughs) end of the day So that's like definitely in my pack. And then um, I don't know if you want to talk about like toilet paper, but I also as a female bring that with me. And I obviously bring a baggie because you want to, you know, pack it out. I don't like Fair seeing enough. it. That's, yeah. So. I believe we touched on that with area, man. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was talking about that a little bit with them before of the struggles of uh, all day fishing adventures and finding proper restrooms. Um, so yeah, the, the pack out option. Um, I know there's also this whole movement of like zero or stop the, what is it? Stop the service surface shitting, anti-surface shitting. I think <laughs> it's called the ass movement. Um, <laughs> you know, that's just a lot more people outdoors leaving mm-hmm. things everywhere. So the pack out method is probably always preferred. Yeah. Um, or maybe just skip the McDonald's drive through in the morning. That's really hard though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like a McGriddle with some hash browns, uh, on the way, especially like winter trout fishing or you just want some like warmth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, I mean, even us, even us guys will pack in a roll of toilet paper. Oh, safety first. Yeah. <laughs> safety first. The river is not your bodet. <laughs> no. no. 
<laughs> yeah, actually uh, that that um the what's in your bag has been a good asset for me as well. Like just seeing what other people like literally you they you know, for this they empty out their bag and you get to see what's in there and the visual aspect of it is is beneficial for sure. So minus beer and TP, what are the other two items that you would have to have in your bag? I like a hand towel, um, like those little camp towels for like rinsing your hands off and getting the slime off. Yeah, like off a, a like bit. a microfiber type. Mm-hmm. Those dry really well. Yeah. And I would say I always use a, I always have like a forceps with me, like hook remover. Yeah, I like the forceps scissors combo. Mm-hmm. I have too. It's not a, not a bad plan. And especially like winter fishing, I've um, bound, just leave the trout in the bag, go after the hook with the forceps. Your hands are going to stay warmer and you're not going to mess the fish up too bad, pulling out of the water too far. So long forceps are always, always helpful. And I've seen some of those, I know Ted, a guy that we fish with has them. And, um, those tools that like slide down the line. And then you can pop the hook out mm-hmm. that way. You don't even have to touch the fish, hands free. Um, so those are always good options too. All right. Um, so we talked touched on what you guys are. You get non-COVID season, you're doing some sort of recruitment program. Um, you know, event-wise, are there any? Uh, I looked on your calendar briefly. It looked like you guys do have some events coming up, whether virtual or socially distanced mm-hmm. coming up in the future. Yeah. Right. And I would say, so like our normal kind of like in a normal year, we would a lot of times get quite a few new members at the expo. And then like a lot of our events from then on throughout the year are kind of geared towards those beginners. Cause that's a lot of kind of the um, folks that we are picking up. And then we also have a good mix of, just like hosted trips. And we're trying to do a lot more of those now too, which just kind of um, give like our more experienced or intermediate um, anglers, just, you know, an opportunity to fish some new waters or like meet new people and just like kind of have a nice um, community to, you know, fish with. Cause um, I know that was like a big thing for me when I joined was like, I had never even fished in Wisconsin. So um, going on some of those trips, like really opened my eyes to like, all the waters out there and like helps, you know, create contacts to go fishing with in the future. So what, uh, how did both of you get involved? Um, Kelly, if you want to start, how did you get involved with, uh, the organization? Um, from the expo actually, um, that's where I met the women first. Um, and then I was also, um, part of uh, Twin Cities Trout Unlimited, um, their board of directors and um, working with fly fishing women in Minnesota to get get um, get uh, activities planned as well. Um, yeah. And we all missed the expo. And question did totally. <laughs> did this did anybody say anything about the expo this year or they just oh they they canceled it last fall was it last fall that they canceled yeah. it yeah it's just a sad sad hayride 
So that's two years now without the expo, right? Yep. Uh, hopefully next year, because it's one of my favorite times to sit around and drink tall ham spears like Hillary has. And uh, people <laughs> watch Tie Flies and BS with all of your best friends you never knew you had. Um, Hillary, how about you? What what got you into the organization and you know, how did, how did you become the chairwoman? Um, I also discovered the club at one of the fly fishing expos. I think back when it was at like century college. Um, and I was like, wow, this is so cool. There's like, I see other women in the sport. And before that, I mean, since I was totally new to fly fishing, I didn't know anybody who fly fished. Um, so I was kind of like on my own and just figuring it out with YouTube videos, but so I joined at the expo and then um, like attended a couple events and then, you know, some of the existing board members kind of got to know me and, um, you know, asked if I would join and serve on the board. So I started as a member at large um, where you're just kind of like learning about how the club runs and helping out where you can. And then I think after one year of that, it became the vice chair. And so that role moves into the chair um, after one year. And so now I'm serving that a, a second time. So I've been like vice chair, chair, vice chair, <laughs> chair. <laughs> a lot of chair time. Yes. <laughs> Clubs are always looking for those board members. Always. Yeah. What would you say has been, you know, being in that position, most rewarding part of it for you? Um, I would say it's just seeing women who are new to the sport, you know, get really into it and then like meet other women. And it's just like a very supportive community that they're a part of now. And, um, you know, I've also in this role, I get to sometimes like mentor like women on the water and take them out for like those one-on-one stream side clinics. And then like seeing them catch their first fish is just like super awesome. It's hard to find other women to fish with. Um, so I'm a nurse, so I go fishing a lot during the day. And basically what I end up doing is just talking to older retired men because that's, that's what's out there. That's who's so out like, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. During, so, during the week, that's all they can. Right. The old retired guys. It takes like in a conversation, it takes them like 20, 30 minutes for them to get over that I'm a woman fishing by herself. So that's like part of the half the conversation. <laughs> do you do you find that being an issue a lot? So you say you like you see a lot of older men out fishing. Is it more of an issue where they're surprised that a woman's out doing this by themselves with the older people, or is uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is is there an age group that you find more surprised that a woman is out fishing by themselves is it the older people who are like hey what are you doing out here and the younger people are like cool or is it like pretty much people in general or or guys in general are are surprised well usually the conversation goes wow it's so good to see you out here i've been trying to get my you know i tried to get my wife to come out for years and years and now my my granddaughter i'd like to bring her out here and um so it's not like 
it's just that they wish they had a female companion to fish with. Right. Cause is- I feel like this is kind of a, a hot topic, you know, the guys and gals fishing, but you know, what I've experienced in my life, like nobody, I've never seen like the negative side of, um, and maybe we're getting into some stuff we don't want to get into with the podcast because it is kind of a heated topic, but yeah. I've never, I've personally have never seen like anybody's like, Oh, girls shouldn't be out fishing, blah, 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 blah. But I hear that it happens from time to time. I've never had an issue on the stream and fly shops. It's been questionable. Yeah. Okay. Especially. Yeah, when, I would agree um, with that. Especially, you know, when girls were like tying feathers into their hair, like going into a fly shop was just like, it was terrible. Yeah. It was just like, it, I didn't even want to go because it's just like, they'd greet you like, you're looking for the feathers for your hair. It's like, no, I'm actually wanting Christ. to buy flies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I haven't experienced, but I have, have heard of it being a, a point of contention, if you will. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, kind of get the other side of the story. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, I know Orvis, it was Orvis, right? Did the big 50, 50 on the fly movement mm-hmm. or I, I, that's the word I picked. I, I, hashtag uh, movement that they were doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was my same question too. And kind of what I wanted to ask is as far as like the culture that um, two of you see in, in the Midwest, fishing you know and kelly I'll, I'll you know pick on you a little bit the musky crowd is not a bunch of uh younger females it's a bunch usually a bunch of old crotchety white men <laughs> that are usually who don't, who don't like other guys fishing their no either. like right now i've i've had conversations with old old guys that aren't happy that I'm fishing where they're fishing. So I, you know, I don't know if it's more difficult, um, you know, from, from the women's side of the world, but yeah, I was curious. You know, I guess like when you're actually out fishing, I mean, you're usually not really close to anyone on a river. Um, lake fishing is a lot different. Um, when you're musky fishing on a lake, it's like people have their spots and they want them and, they don't care who you are. Like, like you said, like, you know, they own that spot because they've been fishing there for the last 50 years or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't, I have never really had any gender issues with musky fishing. Like people, like people that really enjoy it seem to want to, um, teach and, you know, see someone else be successful. So, um, that's encouraging um for sure it's not like you don't get low holes no matter who you are (laughs) (laughs) it's very true especially especially yeah (laughs) jake white the the famous low holer um but he leaves beer for you on his truck because he feels bad he does leave beer they might be warm but he does leave you beer on the truck uh (laughs) so that's a plus um well Speaking on the musky topic a little bit, how, Kelly, how'd you get into musky on the fly? You know, it's, it seems to be growing popularity over the last couple of years, but you know, when you and I talked pre COVID, it's not like you just picked it up. 
it's you know something I feel like you've been doing for a handful of years. Um, yeah, so we we lived on Malax for quite a few years, and um, and there was an older gentleman who my husband met who was a fishing guide, musky guide up there, and he fished conventional tackle, and he had made a comment when he walked into where my husband worked that and he said, I'm going to show everyone. I'm going to, I'm going to catch a muskie with a fly rod <laughs> that got Michael's attention. Cause he had been pursuing that. Um, this is like early two thousands when there really wasn't a lot of, um, flies bait available. And, um, I mean, there's a couple of tires in Wisconsin that were making musky flies, but they were, pretty um they're not what they look like now um so jerry was the guy that michael had met who wanted to catch a muskie on a fly and um so they started pursuing that and that's kind of how i got into it too so at the expo i was seeking out um people who were tying musky flies um this is when it was back where was it a long time ago the fly expo um i don't remember but there was a few people that were tying the flies and, and we'd buy them. But, um, so I've actually never caught a muskie on conventional, even though for many years I tried, um, I grew up on a muskie lake, still have not caught a muskie on that lake on the fly or conventional. Um, but anyways, getting <laughs> off topic here. Um, that's what so we're best at. Don't worry about flies. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the margarita talking. Yeah. It, it is. is. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> add more salt. It'll be fine. <laughs> Lick the salt too. Um, <laughs> so I guess how I really got involved with Musky on the Fly is um, once we moved back down here, um, Michael's an outdoor writer and he wanted to write a story about musky on the fly so we booked a trip with gabe musky jesus and um that's how i really actually got started with musky on the fly um like actually casting for it and pursuing it obsessively um and then that kind of led to nights um at gabe's house um type um musky fly type musky <laughs> my god margarita um <laughs> have, you, have you listened to our podcast before yeah i have i have it's we're like, on the we're on the right path <laughs> you're up here no, nobody understands nobody understands anything we say wow, there's bah, like a cadence bah. of of um cans of beer being open <laughs> yes right yep <laughs> so yeah so we would have um tying nights for musky flies at games and um yeah, it was, well, it was fun. I'd, I'd say Musky Jesus is a pretty good individual to get you into the game. Um, for sure. Yeah, he's he's got some special powers. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. He's a and magical it, being. And it's real. my favorite is when you just kept catch glimpses of him on social media, like just kind of hanging off the front of the boat somewhere, or you can just see his little beard, you know, behind a fish. He's out there and he's, he's still fishing every now and then. Yeah. Cause he doesn't have a super huge presence on no on the social medias. He has none on the social media, yeah, which is impressive, him. impressive uh, during these times. Cause he's a busy man. 
which is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. So uh you said you haven't caught one conventional. Right. You have caught them on the fly. Yeah. What's uh what's your most memorable muskie on the fly? Oof. Um Uh, most memorable Michael what's my most memorable must be on the fly is he bringing more margaritas <laughs> he's got a pitcher yeah my first one <laughs> um yeah probably my first one um gosh that you know like y- you wanna you wanna trout that so bad <laughs> don't trout that strip set um yeah probably my first one is probably the most memorable which actually was with the Minnesota Conservation Volunteer. Um, it was actually for the article, so that worked out really well that I happened to catch a muskie for the article that we were working on. <laughs> um, timing. Yeah, it was really good timing. Involved um, really wet waders. Um, I think I was so excited when we were taking it to the bank for photos that I fell in and was like, I think I'd like watered my boots. And, nice. But, <laughs> Nice. It happens. It does. It does happen. Uh, do you remember what 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 fly you had it on? I actually had. Well, I had the fly. I lost it. Um, yeah, it was a it was a musky Jesus fly. There you go. The powers. Mm-hmm. The powers. Mm-hmm. The musky Jesus. <laughs> Hillary, have you have you decided to try and ruin your life and become a musky nut? Um. <laughs> I've thought about it. She's got and, some big pike on her, her Instagram. I do really yes. love pike. Oh. So I like, you know, smelly snot rockets. I was going to say, they're, they're, they're pretty stinky and slimy. They are. <laughs> and I don't know, like, if this is scientific fact or not, but I swear, like, the smaller they are, the stinkier they are. And I think oh. it's like a defense mechanism. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Yeah, I I agree. Would, yeah. I wouldn't go too far. And really it's the only fish that I've seen like ice fishing when I was going to school in Wisconsin, I'd let, you know, a mid twenties pike lay on the ice frozen for six hours. I'd bring it home. I'd put it on the cutting board and that thing would start twitching as soon as the knife touches it. And there's just like 20 pounds of slime coming off of Mm -hmm. it. Right. Um, And I do love the taste of pike. Like if you're into pike and if you don't mind harvesting a few fish here and there and you can clean the white bones out i think it's one of the best tasting freshwater fish that you can eat I, oh i pickled, agree pickled they're fantastic oh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should so pickle the smaller some pike, ones, we should we have to the catch smaller ones you just throw in a blender and um make <laughs> pike cakes wait huh yeah it, it's great like fried pike cakes like you do like walleye cakes or crab cakes or something like mm-hmm. that Yep. Mm. Yeah, you like the bones just dissolve when you fry them, and then you just add your spices, and it's amazing. So, can I come to your house and do that? Because if I put that in our blender at my house, (laughs) my my wife's gonna lose her mind. Absolutely. We've been doing it wrong, Grant. I think we've been trying too hard to get these bones out. That's true. Let's just just blend it real real fast. That's a very, very good idea. The magic bullet. 
Yes. You do your margarita mm-hmm. first, though. So oh, like. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. See, that's where we—that's where we went wrong the whole time. <laughs> Make the drink first, then then go with the other. Um, well, let's get back on the trout subject because you know we are brown trout. It's brown trout bridge beers. Um, Hillary, question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three favorite flies. Um, well, let's top three favorite winter flies are we still in winter spring I think we're getting into let's spring. do spring it's march yeah it's march <laughs> and it can't be a bwo so mm. three favorite flies for spring that isn't a bwo and for we're talking trout yes trout. um well i like the rainbow warrior i fish that a good one a lot um and I would say a slump buster. Ooh, nice. I always, I mean, I, I would say I fish streamers like 50% of the time. Yes. Stream, so. Streamers is always a good way to be like, yeah, they didn't. I, how much you catch? None. Uh, that was streamer yeah. fishing. <laughs> That's streamer fishing. <laughs> exactly. Just, or so like, wrong. oh, I caught the tree again. We'll just yep. give it a yank and we're fine. <laughs> yep, we're that good. is the awesome part about streamer fishing. It's like, oh, it's, you know, 12 pound. Yeah. floral you can rip a lot of trees and branches down with that so. yeah for sure and i mean like the slump buster i use it a lot for like trout but i've caught like bass and steelhead on that thing oh yeah they just all love it um okay last one probably well i was like a big i mean i still am a big believer in the pink squirrel but like i would say the past couple years i'm really into frenchies Mm, yep. I think they're a little, you know. Do you do the whole little... Euro nymphing no indicator? Um, I've tried it. I feel like I just don't have the patience, or maybe like my I'm like tall, so my shadow I think like scares them. I can't like high stick yeah, it close that, enough. I don't know. I, I <laughs> I'm probably these, doing it wrong. No, it's not you. Uh, cause I watch the same videos and <laughs> like people are like three feet from the fish that they're snagging. I'm like, no, that doesn't work here. You know, maybe in like yeah. Utah or Montana or something, you know, where you've got runs that are four feet deep with, you know, ripply water on top, but here the water is crystal clear and they, they see you before you even think about getting out of the truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Very, very true. Kelly. I, I agree. It's, it's not us. It's the fish. It is the fish. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Trouts. Yeah, your favorite trout, trout flies? Oof. Um, have you ever heard of the Frick Six? Have not. It's like a lily bugger oh. with legs. And maybe Fricks, I'm not even. Frick's <laughs> Fix. I've heard of a lot of flies. Maybe I'm not supposed to disclose this information. No, um, probably not. <laughs> Is that um, like a Pats with like a cone head on it? It's on a uh, what's the, the it's, it's on a um it's on a, a different sort of hook, um but yeah they're it's on like so a jig basically hook. a jig hook it's on a jig hook um that new yeah. age space a lot, stuff a lot of legs and some it's a lily bugger with yep yeah those are those are fun and you can tie them all different sizes um in different colors and they're it's actually a pretty good year-round fly to fish. You both tie flies? I know, Hillary, you tie flies. We lost Kelly. 
There she I is. got a little battery. <laughs> low battery. <clears throat> Hillary, how how long have you been tying? Um, I would say probably four years. And before that, I was like, "There's, I just, there's no way I'm gonna tie flies." <laughs> do you? <laughs> <Then I started. laughs> do you like tying flies to catch fish, or do you like? Like, which is more important, the the tying flies or the catching fish? Because, like, I catching fish is fun, but I'd much rather tie flies. It's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Yeah, and I feel like that's always like when I meet someone who starts out by like tying flies, and they've never like fly fish. It just like blows my mind. But um, for me, I just like to fish. So, like, if my you know, with the time I have. I much rather be on the water, but sometimes like in the winter, like I do a lot more tying. Right. Yeah. Cause like some people are like, you know, I'll tie it, you know, a half dozen flies because I ran out to go fishing. Whereas I'm like, I'll tie flies, you know, so I can go fishing. You know, I'd, I'd rather tie flies to go fishing rather than like, I have to tie flies to go fishing. If that makes sense. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like you tie flies. And, I've had a lot of whiskey tonight. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> and man, you, you know, you've said it before. That's you like years before you even tried out fly fishing. You were tying flies, like you know, steering. That I've had a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> we're getting to that point in the podcast, and it's Monday. It's going to be a good week, people. Um, like you know, stealing feathers and stuff out of pillows and throwing them on hooks and doing yep. that kind of stuff. Um. You know, with that being said, with the, uh, or I, I always botch the name and I apologize. So I just have to look at fly fishing women of Minnesota. Do you guys also do like pine demos and expos and, or that type of training? Yeah. Um, I think since there's like a couple really good, like fly tying organizations in the twin cities, um, we, it hasn't like been a huge focus. Um, cause a lot of like our members also do like lapping trout and St. Paul's fly tires and stuff like that. But like over the winter, we definitely do a couple like fly tying sessions and I usually run it kind of like a demo and then like a social cause not everyone ties, but you know, they're kind of interested in what goes into it and things like that. That, honestly, that's one of the big things I've missed, um, you know, these past couple of winters is I'd always go to the breweries and stuff for the, the open ties and I might tie three flies, sometimes one, but it's always fun to like, look at what other people are doing, uh, seeing what their tying materials are using, you know, just learning different techniques or mm-hmm. just enjoying some good beer at a couple of the other breweries but yeah i'm pretty like amazed now because now i finally get to see what my flies look like when i'm like at home (laughs) not drinking at the brewery (laughs) okay they're not you know half bad so your lighting is always much better at home than it is at some of the breweries we tie at so that's always always a benefit um i i used to always bring my materials to tying night and i never used them so i just quit (laughs) Just watch other people tie. Just go to drink the beer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend anymore. I'm just going to stick straight to the beer drinking. It's actually a good way to do it. Uh, All right. Um, Now, Kelly, that you don't have uh, technical difficulties anymore, 
what other than your magical woolly bugger with legs, because I won't say the name again, uh, do you like to trout fish with? Um, oof. to be honest, I'm I'm an emergency tire. Um, I um don't. So your your fly to... your fly box is a Ziploc bag, then. Uh. Uh, it's like usually the pad that it dries on in the oh, nice. in my pack. <laughs> um, I usually end up stopping at the fly shop <laughs> my way there and asking what's working and what <laughs> what what they're what they're eating. I'm not very well, organized. I'm always <laughs> okay. I'm always curious if fly shops play the game of what bait shops back home used to do because back when people used to like to keep big fish, they always had like the freezer out front. And with bait shots back home and do, they'd take whatever lure was, was not selling, pop that thing in that fish's mouth as it sits in the freezer box out front of the bait shop. <laughs> so when people walk by be like, Oh yeah, get that one. I'm like, are some of the fly shop guys just writing like flies on that, yeah, on that board, like the ones that they shouldn't have bought and I they th- need to get I rid think- of. I think 90% of, of a fly is, is your confidence in it. You know, I would agree. I mean, if if mm-hmm. you think it's going to catch fish, it'll catch fish. Definitely. I really, yeah. I like to try the Kelly Gallup, um, like the sex dungeon and those are pretty fun. They're meaty. Um, mm-hmm. going after the, the big Brown. Um, yeah. If you're a streamer fishing, you know, he's got some good ones. I think he could be called the streamer Jesus. Yeah, I think he has. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Um, yeah. I know Grant, Grant was awestruck by him when we met him out. And I can, I can talk. Place. You met him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my we, God. We've stayed, we've stayed at his... Uh, um, the you know, slide in? Yeah. yeah, the slide in. If you ever and, have an uh, opportunity... We went in there, and Grant. Like I'm, I feel this like tugging on my shirt, and I'm like, "What, Grant?" He's like, "That's Kelly Gallup. That's Kelly Gallup." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I've like talked to him like a hundred times. Like, what do you? What's the big deal?" He's like, he's like "I got, I got to leave." Bro, I froze up. Couldn't I just. He, he like had this aura around him. It was sparkling. Like the sun came through the roof and like lit his face up. And I guess a halo. And it was like nine thirty at night. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chuck Norris appeared. It was just a weird, weird day. And um, they fought and Chuck left. <laughs> he did leave. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was reincarnated in those mice that we were trying to catch the week that we stayed there. Um, could have been. Yeah. Could have been. If, if you do go stay there, um, you get to like invent your own mouse. It's like your B- own B-Y-O-N version of mousetrap. M- MT. BYO. Bring your own mousetrap. Yes. Yeah. They will try to steal your cookies. And then on day three, the maid will realize that you've been building these elaborate contraptions to trap mice into big pots of water uh, (laughs) in your cabin. Uh, So it's always fun. So if you get a chance, stay there. The mice stay for free. So, yeah, slide in. (laughs) Good place. Uh, All right. Uh, was it good? I did ask about events earlier. Um, do you guys have any like specific events coming up? Yeah. So, um, I have another fly tying event scheduled this month and then I was going to kind of play April by ear, 
you know, see, I don't know if people, hopefully it's, it'll keep, you know, being warm outside and people don't want to like sit and watch me on zoom for more fly tying. Um, but so we at least have one more coming up. And then tonight we had part one. Um, so it was a virtual casting clinic. Um, and so then building off of that, we'll have a, we're having kind of like an in-person, like socially distanced, um, fly casting instructional. And with that, um, so recently we affiliated with, uh, fly fishers international. Um, so we're kind of, you know, using some of their teaching materials and we'll be demoing the, um, like casts are required for the bronze, like casting award. So that's just kind of like, if, if folks are interested in like pursuing that, we'll, um, go through that at the event here. I think it's in two weeks. Um, and if not, it's just a nice way to kind of like standardize how we're teaching casting and then hopefully like build up some mentors, you know, within our organization as well, who can, you know, also teach casting to others. That's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Cause I know, um, casting I am terrible at. Everybody can use a little casting tip. Yeah. Right, everyone can. <laughs> Awesome. I'm not really um, a bronze caster, but I cast into a lot of wood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always say you can put me in the middle of a football field and like put one stick behind me, and I will somehow catch that one stick. Mm-hmm. Especially in the guess. especially in the winter, like you've got a pretty good snowpack, and there's that one reed somewhere back here, about thirty feet, and eighty feet in either direction, clear. And you just every time. Yeah. Just when you're like, you're probably going to cast it like 60% of the time you cast, you catch it all the time. All the time. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a hundred (laughs) percent? The numbers add up Kelly. They they do. There's charts and graphs and things. I don't, we don't do math. It's my like TI 83. It's in here somewhere. <laughs> I I found my old graphing calculator the other day. I kind of want to put batteries in it because I'm pretty sure there's like 90 levels of ripped off Mario on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I wasn't studying for calculus and stats. I know that. I didn't have the time for that in, in high school. Mm. So it was straight, straight video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Next question for y'all favorite, um, favorite season to fish. Well, like what throughout the year, what do you look forward to the most, um, going out and getting ready to fish for whether it be, um, <laughs> spring dry fly, uh, dry fly hatch or, um, chuck and, chuck and meat. For muskies. Muskies. October. The October moon. Oh. Right? Yep. Uh-huh. There's also that really good moon in June, too. Um, but yeah. Um, there's always those. So yeah, what's what do you look forward to all year? What what keeps what haunts you at night? I'm really into like the September, October, um, for the muskies, but 
That's just one addict's opinion. <laughs> I think there's a few other people uh, out in the Midwest that might might agree with you on that one. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to beat that um, when they're getting their feed bag on for the winter, where they're just ravenous and. Hillary, what do you look forward to? Um, well, I don't musky fish, but I, I do. <laughs> I do enjoy the fall. Um, I just think it's really pretty, and like in general, I yeah. enjoy the fall season. But I think one of my ultimate like favorite things to do is like in the spring, before all the like bank side vegetation grows up. I really like to explore. I mean, walk miles, try to find like new water that I've never been to. So that's, you know, that little like window in the spring where you can go out and explore and not be like completely bushwhacking through everything. Yeah, Before like the burning nettles get like, you know, (laughs) wasted. Yeah. Yes. That's horrible. Yeah. Those stinging nettles or burning nettles or whatever you want to call them. I, Shit bag plants. <laughs> I'm a pretty easygoing individual, but after about 10 yards walking through that stuff, I become so angry and furious and oh, you're goodness. stuck. It's like you go forward, you're going to get hit more. You go back, you're going to go through the same stuff. It's, uh, and you can't walk through the stream. So you're stuck <laughs> with it. That's why I don't fish on the candy anymore. Cause that's where I find most of it. <laughs> yeah. So, a question we always ask is uh is there a fish that you remember the most whether you caught it or not um but one that just like out of all the fish you've caught kind of sticks out in your mind um hillary you go first um gosh okay yes <laughs> okay um so I think I kind of like mentioned this before that I'm like mainly a self-taught angler and fly fisher. Um, And so like when things come together and I actually like catch fish, which happens like more consistently now than it used to, it used to be like this, you know, big thing for me. (laughs) But one of those times um, I was actually out in Yellowstone and I had never fished there before. Um, and I didn't, hadn't like done very much fishing out West at all. Uh, I just read a lot of books and I remember it being so packed with people, um, that I like, it was, I had a really hard time, you know, like finding my own piece of water to fish. And so like this one morning I woke up super, super early. And then I was like, kind of afraid to leave the campground. Cause there's this like big Buffalo, like right outside my tent. And I'm like, well, maybe <laughs> if I just like make run for it to the car, like I'll be okay. I don't know. And maybe it's sleeping standing up and I just, you know, should be quiet. Um, but I like got out there, I got on the water. I found like this little stretch, um, to myself you remember and, what river it was um i yeah it was uh, on slough creek because i was camping creek. nearby yeah. yeah and i um 
was like in such a rush to, you know, get on the water. Cause I was all amped up by like, you know, dodging the Buffalo in the campground that like, I forgot my camera and my phone in the car, but I was like, ah, oh, screw that. Like, I'm just going to you know <clears throat> book it down to the water. Cause if I don't get down there now, there's going to be, you know, 12 other people. So I got down there and I was fishing and I caught this, um, you know, cutthroat trout, which I've never seen before. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this, it's so beautiful. Um, like that's probably never going to happen again. And it was like, you know, I'm like a decent size, you know, probably maybe a 14 incher. So I let it go and I'm like, Oh man, it would have been, you know, nice to have the camera. And I kept fishing and then probably like 20 minutes later, I like set the hook and I'm like, Oh shoot, I got a rock again, but it was a fish and it was by far the biggest like cutthroat trout I've ever caught. And I mean, to date, it's the biggest one I ever caught. And I always remember that because I didn't have my camera, you know, that one time. So yeah. that's another thing I always have in my bag now is my camera. Add that it, to the list, folks. It, it still counts <laughs> if you don't have a picture of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've as got, long as you have a story. Yeah. <laughs> I there's so many fish that I've caught that I don't have a picture of. It's like I just like you said, you get wrapped up in the moment and mm-hmm. you forget the camera and it 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 really doesn't matter. You know, you know you did it. Yeah. I feel like it almost like makes it better. And I actually like told this story to Dave Whitlock and then he kind of like drew me a like a cutthroat and he's like, Did it look like this? I'm like, actually, yeah. <laughs> it did. So now That's it's awesome. like hanging up in the <laughs> in the hallway. Dave's Dave's got that magical power. Yeah, you can read your mind and know what it's going to look like. That's pretty awesome. What about you, Kelly? Is there one fish that stands out more than any other? Mm, Well, you know, I kind of like Hillary's story about the camping and being a little bit afraid. Um, So uh, I'm getting another margarita. Hang on. (laughs) Well, this is is a double margarita story. We all need to be on (laughs) Kelly's level. (laughs) Yeah, she she has someone bringing her drinks. I have nobody bringing me drinks. That's not no, that. <laughs> I'll send Michael over. You need to have your little desk side cooler ready oh, to nice. go for extra beverages. Because <laughs> you don't want to go upstairs and wake the baby. Don't do that. I had a I had a bottle of red dress down here. I don't know what happened to that. I've got a pretty good idea probably what happened to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we had a podcast with Joe Mathis and it disappeared. Oh, yes. <laughs> that, that was that was a dirty that was a dirty bottle. That that was a that was a tough next day at work. <laughs> All right, Margarita up. Margarita Kelly. two is ready. Oh, Margarita two. Um so I guess my one of my most memorable fish is um, from the Iowa Driftless. Um, so my husband was covering a, uh, I think it was like a Trout Unlimited meeting down in Iowa. And so I went down there and then our friend Pete, you guys might know Pete Kozad from, he does the COVID one fly. So he joined us. <laughs> Um, so we just didn't really have any plans. We were going to camp, um, and fish. So my brother decided that he was going to join us kind of at the last minute when we were already down there and the cell service was really sketchy and, um, he kind of got lost. So we had already set up camp and someone had to go into town and meet my brother. So I was like, I'll stay here by myself because I need to get over the fear of being alone in the woods. (laughs) So 
Michael and Pete went to town to go find my brother and I was by myself next to the stream in Iowa. And um, half an hour after they left, chainsaws fired up across the street. And I was just like, I lost, I lost my shit. I like, like we have a campfire and I go hide the behind fuck? the bushes. <laughs> Did the banjo start too? I didn't hear banjos, but there was definitely chainsaws. <laughs> so I was freaking out. And um, I just could not wait for them to get back. So finally they came back and the chainsaws were still blaring and they went and asked them if they'd cut them some firewood. It was just people cutting firewood in the middle of the night for some strange reason. But anyways, so those bushes that I was hiding behind from the chainsaw people, <laughs> that next morning I got up in my pajamas and I caught just a beautiful brown trout like right where I was hiding. Nice. So, That's pretty awesome. Not an amazing fish, but there it was just like it, it's the one you love leading up remember. to it yeah <laughs> right banjos yeah. and chainsaws oh god i think that's what i'm entitled to podcast is banjos chainsaws and margaritas <laughs> <laughs> we just need a banjo <laughs> yeah but we got grand old dub one in yeah so, I, I was I, looking for a, another covid hobby so hey there you go it's a great idea um Get one of those little packable ones you can bring down, you know, on the we'll river. Get, uh, yeah, we'll get Ryan to play us a banjo song. Yes, yeah, Ryan from well, used to be the last rebel. Yeah, now he's solo. Yeah, I think him and his fiance are doing like a. I think they're called the Canoe Dealers. I think it's their like new band. <laughs> yeah, out in Livingston, which is pretty sweet. I need to know them. Yeah, look them up. I think uh, I think they have a couple singles out um but yeah it's good stuff good folky americana music uh if you guys are into that canoe dealers ryan acker acker i always say his last time wrong super fishy dude fun to fun guy to hang out with um all right we covered favorite fish what is um what was your biggest shit show day on the water because everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, you always learn from like those really horrible days I had on the water. Like you every day TP. I fish with Grant. Every, anytime you come <laughs> fishing with me, I will show you your worst day fishing. I promise. Um, be like, you always were like, there's, there's reasons why some of us bring TP with us or, uh, you always pack that extra bottle of water, hopefully. Um, mm. or you feed Matt before noon before he gets too hungry because he might get hangry yeah. things like or, that or if i don't get my nap in he's got to have a nap <laughs> get find your fishing partner a good nap tree halfway through the day uh so you can make it through the rest but uh yeah any you know hillary uh any of those experiences um yeah i have a, i was trying to figure out if i Cause I've had like a, a few like shit show days, <laughs> but, um, and some of them are like vegetation related, like those stinging nettles. Oh yeah. They're bad. Yeah. I hate them. Um, but I think one of the, <laughs> probably one of the, I don't know, maybe it was the worst. I, it was definitely freaked me out at the time, but then I ended up fine. So, um, I, we were at one of like our club, uh, like stream side clinics. And then, you know, in the morning we had like our mentor pairs go out and then, in the, and then after that, 
like in the afternoon, it was kind of just like a, you know, fish on your own. And so um, like Bob Travis was one of our uh, stream side mentors. And then um, I ended up like going out fishing with him and I was like, Oh my God, I'm fishing with Bob Travis. That's a big deal. Um, yeah. <laughs> like That's I need awesome. to, you know, not look like a total dork out here. <laughs> Take <notes>. And yeah. <laughs> uh, you know how like sometimes like fish do the bait and switch and you think you have them and then you end up like catching the tree mm. behind you. So it was like one of those situations. And I was like, maybe I can get this fly out before Bob sees me. <laughs> so I, I'm like trying to wade in and I was on the rush and I'm trying to wade in. And it was like a part that was like deeper than, you know, most of the river. So, but I was like, no, I'm going to get it. So I'm out there and like, I'm trying not to let my fly rod like float downstream and I'm trying to, you know, not fall down. And I'm trying to at the same time, get my fly, which like, it would have just been faster to, you know, retie it. But, you know, I got to the tree and I like, you know, pulled my little line so I could grab the branch. And then I grabbed the branch I'm like, Oh, okay. I found my fly. Like I'm good to go. And I unhooked it from the tree and then I let the branch go. And then I didn't realize like, I am definitely not the first person like to have caught this tree. And I got, um, like someone else's fly hooked way deep down in my hand. (laughs) So then I had to like figure out how to wade my way back to shore and tell Mr. Bob Travis that I had a hook in my hand (laughs) and like he's such you know a calm like awesome guy he's like you know no problem you know let's just and then he he showed me like (laughs) what the proper technique was to remove it and then I got to you know I got an extra fly that day because I found it (laughs) well you see we take your pocket knife and you cut off (laughs) at the wrist and so does Bob pull on three or does he like pull halfway between one and three he was definitely a halfway yeah Right. Yeah. Yeah. But my that's, hand that's was like pretty numb it. at that point. So yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't believe like how buried that hook was. I mean, it was, I couldn't even see the bend of the hook anymore. So here's a question. Did you go and then catch a fish with that fly? Um, I have, so not that day. Cause then I was like, I'm not sure what my luck is, you know, <laughs> this, this day, I'm just going to like get some new glares and go home. But I have used it and I did catch fish on it. That's so. awesome. Nice. Good work. <laughs> that is awesome. So I'm curious if you're up to Dan on your tetanus shot. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I now I know what my my uh, inoculation schedule was after that event. So <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Uh, mm. most memorable shit show day on the river. This post post day on the river like after the after party yes that kind of whatever because <laughs> like anytime i fish fish it's a shit show <laughs> no matter what like i've had like the most like wet socks all the time even though i have perfectly fine waders um that's kind of scary <laughs> <laughs> my waders don't leak but my socks are all wet i don't know why <laughs> falling on a boat thing um mm. so uh so checking into a hotel with three other men during musky season, it's interesting. Um, so we were doing our, um, we were a little less than dirt banging it. So we were getting a cheap motel. 
Um, and I was with my husband and two other men, musky fishing, binge, binge fishing. And, um, and I was the one paying for the room with my credit card and the guys were all like standing behind the wall, like just waiting for me. And the guys like, you just want one room? And I was like, yeah. He's like, he's looking at that guy. Like, I was like, yeah, just one room. That's fine. He's like, okay. And he's just like, keeps looking at the guys behind me. I'm like, dude, it's cool. They're brother. They're my brother husband. Right. It's <laughs> going to be fine. Like, it's good. <laughs> and it was, but it was just like funny. It was, I guess they had to be there, but. I, I can understand. I mean, you guys are all pretty like dirty and sweaty and stinky from a day of fishing. And like, I'm sure no beers had been drank up to that point no. at all either. So really I, I need a room for me and these three guys over here. Look, <laughs> just take fine. my money. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure if you like wanted to like call like a hotline or. <laughs> was it. Uh, or, or if he was like kind of jealous. Was it Wisconsin or Minnesota? It was definitely Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Sounds about right. I should have mentioned it was Wisconsin like right away. Then it would have been funnier. His damn cheese head's always concerned. He's like, I saw this in a movie once. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's there's banjos and chainsaws. (laughs) Banjos, chainsaws, and... They had all these hooks and stuff and pliers, and I didn't know what was going on. <clears throat> well, that's fantastic. Um, one other question I have for y'all. If you had one piece of advice um, to give uh, a young female who is looking to get into fishing just in general, you know, what, what would you give them? Ooh. I know it's a deep one. That's a good question. I, I, I'm curious. You know, Lot, I've got a, lots of margaritas. I've got a tiny Whoa. human in the house, and I'm like, how do I, you know, what's what's some good advice to give to the tiny human about hopefully directing them towards fishing being an awesome sport? I don't, I feel like a lot of people are concerned about equipment being a barrier to the sport, <clears throat> and I just say find some people that can provide it for you or help you out I feel like that's why a lot of people do do stuff that they want to do because like it's like camping oh I don't have a tent but I mean like yeah your friend has a tent so I think that's a huge barrier to fly fishing um most people are willing to lend out fly rods and I, I feel with like fly fishing like everybody's got like 10 rods yeah. 10 more right. than they need. Yeah. And, and especially with like gear nowadays, it seems like even the cheap gear is way better than the good, good gear was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the cheapest rod you can cast 30, 40 feet, which is all you ever need trout fishing. Whereas, you know, before I could see that being, you know, a barrier as far as, um, getting into the sport but yeah i think gear now has come a long ways and and people shouldn't be scared of of you know gear. you can spend 100 bucks on a rod and reel combo and it's way better than anything that anybody had prior to today yeah one of my favorite rods is eight weight combo i think it's a reddington and yeah 
I have no problem handing it over to anyone to practice because <laughs> it's a, it's a workhorse, you know? Yeah. And, and, it, and it's good and you can cast, you know, mm-hmm. like before I've said it before, um, before you had to know how to cast in order to cast. Now the engineers at these ride companies have made it to where, um, you don't need to know how to cast in order to cast. I mean, you can chuck 20, 30, 40, 50 feet of line out with, without any problem with, with some of the modern rods. Some you, I could dig back in my rod collection and, and give you some, some older rods where it's like, you need to have your timing just right. Or that thing's just going to fall apart on you. But nowadays the rods are so fast and they're so good. Um, anybody can do it. I mean, you're, the the rod part anyway should not be not be an issue as far as anybody getting into the sport and and like you said you'll loan your Reddington eight weight to anybody and and they'll catch fish with it and be hooked for life and and through fly fishing women of Minnesota do you guys do um, do you guys have like kits or outfits or anything like that that new members can try out or is it you know kind of like where Kelly's at. Hey, you get to know one of the members and I'm sure one of the members will let you try one of theirs out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have um, our own set of like teaching rods. And then a lot of times, like when we've done um, some of like the beginners weekends, we like provide, you know, flies and all that gear. Um, And we've also done like gear swaps too, because, you know, another person's trash is not treasure or whatever however that goes but um and that's like a just a great way to you know find new gear and um and then we've also in the past like partnered with and this we actually have we're doing that again this year in april we're partnering with dakota county parks um for some classes and so like we have all the instructional materials and and rods and stuff for that too um but i think also like the state parks sometimes do uh like beginner fishing days and they have like rods that you can try out excellent awesome uh hillary how about you um i think the gear that was a good one um and i guess i would also add uh because i've had like what I felt were frustrating days on the water. And then I just like have to remember, you know, not to take myself too seriously. You know, it's, it's so fun just to like be outside and, you know, hike and explore and do all this stuff. And like, so what if I didn't catch like a fish or I didn't catch a big fish, you know, mm-hmm. it's still fun. Um, and I think also a lot of what I see with like beginners um, or people like new to the sport is just that it's so like overwhelming and intimidating to start with. Cause they're just like, you know, so much stuff coming at you. Like what are these flies called? You know, what, what's a, you know, how do I tie, you know, my tippet to my leader, things like that. But um I think if you like fly fishing is as complicated as you want to make it. And so like when you're starting out, just kind of like focus on, you know, the basics and like really kind of, you know, master that and like go from there. I mean, that's kind of how I self-taught myself. 
Um, cause otherwise it's so easy to get overwhelmed with like all this, you know, knowledge and well, I'm nymphing, but am I, should I be your own nymphing and what even is that? And this little piece nope, of tippet no is a different thing. color. No. <laughs> nope. That falls in that line of like Tinkara fishing. Also stay away from that. <laughs> we, we at Brown Tron Bridge Beers do not support, um, nor condone Tinkara fishing or Euro nymphing. <laughs> indicators aren't bad. No, I, so I know I keep bringing this up, but I bought this sweet little <laughs> trout magnet kit for my wife. Oh, geez. And it no, I, no, it's for you. Hey, I didn't it's bring it out you. the river last weekend. It comes with it's bobbers. Coordinated. Did, yeah. Did, did you though? I mean, really? I wanted to. I really, really did. Um, <laughs> bobbers are sweet. Everybody should use a bobber. They're fun. You know what? Mm. I enjoy them. Um, all right. So how how do people or how do people find um, fly fishing women of Minnesota? Yeah. Um, so you can find us online, um, fly fishing women of MN dot com. Um, we're also on social media, Instagram and Facebook. Um, so check us out there. Do you guys have like uh, dues or memberships or kind of stuff? Yes. So our um, annual membership fee is $35. Um, and that pretty much, you know, gets you access to all the events and things like that. Um, sometimes like when we do hosted trips, there is like additional costs just to help like, you know, offset the cost of like the lodging and things like that. Right. But otherwise, yeah, you get full access. You have like a newsletter or something that you send out? Yeah, we do a lot of um, communications and we have just like so much going on. We don't really do um, a formal newsletter, but we, you know, are very active, like via email to all our members. And then also the same thing with, with Facebook. And if anybody has any questions, you know, about joining up, is it all right to reach out to maybe one of you guys on Instagram or Facebook and try and answer any questions? Yeah, absolutely. And how do they find you? personally <laughs> <laughs> um i'm not super active on facebook but you can try to find me there um you might have to well, be yeah, like I mean, you, you can do your instagram or yeah something. instagram's fine <laughs> unless you're like a friend of a friend of someone's uncle i don't know um but, but if yeah. somebody wanted to get a hold of you or see see all the giant fish that you're catching <laughs> yeah um i would so um i do like tr check our club instagram quite a bit so you feel free to reach out there otherwise um my instagram is mn underscore on the underscore fly and i will i'll put all these urls and names and hashtags and things like that sort uh in the show notes too um and kelly how about you um well you know i just do want to mention that um like using resources, there's no shame in that. Like using you, like when I tie flies, like if isn't if it's not a tie fly that I haven't tied recently, like I YouTube it, I pause it, like I will sit there for an hour and like learn how to tie it again. So using those resources, YouTube and like Hillary's um, got some amazing tutorials. Um, there's no shame in that. Like the casting clinics, like personally I'm like always a student like I will never claim to be 
good at fly fishing because it's hard. I don't think anybody can claim that. I mean, you're always learning. That's the well, good thing about the sport is. Mm, yeah. Well, look at some of the people that you see. You can be good at. You. you can be good at one thing, <laughs> but not another. I mean, there's always something in fly fishing you can learn. You yeah, know, and you, you can right. you can be really good at trout, but you know, suck at musky or vice versa. You know, right? So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what fly to go fish next week. Like, I'd have to like ask people. Like, I just, you know, like, and I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Right. Exactly. Like, everyone is learning continuing to learn you know so um and i think that's like what women get nervous about like they think they should know oh it's spring i should be fishing this it's no it's just just ask questions and use your resources um so that's that's my two cents so anyways (laughs) um i am on instagram at my name kelly underscore kellogg um don't really post too much i'll try a little harder um i have too many hobbies so right now you'll be seeing like maple syrup at my dog Um, those are those are two pretty great things yeah and your dog just had some stomach issues ate something bad what was that (laughs) oh so um so we lost We, we all have dogs yeah, I know. So we lost our dog Kenny to cancer um, in September. That's and so we tough. rescued a new dog. Um, it looks like the old dog. So don't be confused. We, we can um, see your feet. His feet, her feet. Boy or girl? It's a girl. Yeah. It's a girl. girl. She is a Gordon Sutter. Um, we don't know if she's going to be a, a bird hunting dog yet or not. Um, or even a trout dog. Um, lost Kenny was an amazing trout dog. Like she would just chill out on the bank and watch me fish all day long. This one is insane. Yeah. She just had an abscess. Yeah. So she had surgery and it's pretty cute. Keeps you busy at least. Yeah. And it sucks because like bird hunting season is the same as musky season. So it's just like, yeah. I've always thought about that. I was like, there's some really good musky water where there's some really good grouse hunting. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, if if you could concentrate on one, like in the morning and the other one in the afternoon, well, be awesome. See, like, but you just can't. <laughs> I like, I can't get myself to do it. See, that's 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 trout and turkey hunting. You know, oh, I know we've talked about that we so go, many times. We go turkey hunting in the morning and trout fishing in the afternoon. You know, you just got to do that with the the musky and the up and stuff well and now that sims makes camouflage waders you can just wader up to go turkey hunting and then (laughs) you just hop in the river and trout fish yeah i think i might get a wisconsin (laughs) turkey license this year (laughs) i think it's i think it's a great idea um i if you could make like a lasso with your fly rod for a turkey I think you get extra points if you catch turkey with your fly rod. You (laughs) you take your eight weight out there and you put on some like thirty pound mono with your biggest Kelly Gallup pattern, (laughs) (laughs) 
and you get into one of those butterballs. I don't think the DNR is going to appreciate that method of take very well, but you know, if you find the right warden, he'll be all right. Yeah. He might appreciate the effort. <laughs> I'll just let him know you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Dr- yep. Drop, drop Grant's name and you'll yeah. be all right. Give him my number. It'll be fine. It's, you know, it'll be, be just fine. Um, well, awesome. Uh, do you guys have any questions for us at all? Um, I do. Oh, so Grant. Oh no. Do Do you need uh help with rowing this this season? Yes, I will always. I I think with fishing and same thing. Yes, I will. I will definitely need help with rowing. Um, and hopefully, Matt and I don't die in April. So, um, Kelly, I will definitely take some rowing lessons from you. Um, whenever you're available, that is for sure. <laughs> If you if you don't row, you don't go. Very true. Um, I do appreciate that sentiment, which I you know, it's uh, I think it's a good good thing. Always learning. Um, don't be afraid to ask how to do things. No matter how hungover you are, you can still row a boat. That <laughs> is something For I've sure. learned learned as well. Always puke, puke to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I learned something today. I was going to say, it's, it, it sounds like you say that from experience, but. Well, uh, my current, my current, um, musky vehicle is a Walker Bay. Google that. I love to check that out. Do you, do you know what a Walker Bay is? No, I don't. <laughs> no, hold on. I got to take a I'm break. looking up the Google. <laughs> Uh, world-class deluxe rigid inflatable boats. That's not inflatable. Hard, hard plastic. That is a rig. Now I understand why you say peak to the right. So imagine a girl, a musky net and a dog in that thing. See the one I see has like a sail on it. Are you like sailboating? You got no, a well, sail? I mean, you can you you can get the sailing package. I don't have the sailing package. I just have. Well, oars. that's your problem right there. You need the sailing package. <laughs> I thought you guys were rebuilding a a whaler. Didn't you guys refinish a whaler? It. I'm working on it. I, I just actually was down in Texas and I got some parts. So got it. Those are also sweet boats. I've. Uh, I do enjoy fishing out of the whalers. I'd get the sailing package. I mean, cruising down salmon. like like the Chippewa, you know, hucking <laughs> for muskies with with your uh, catamaran sail. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So I'm talking about. Oh no, I've got cats, cats and dogs. <laughs> uh, Hillary, how about you? Do you have any Do you have any questions for us? Um, gosh, I guess what is your, I feel like I know the answer, but <laughs> if, you had, <laughs> <laughs> if you had a, so for your day of fishing, you can only bring one beverage in your cooler. What would it be? Ooh. <laughs> Kelly's on something. <laughs> Uh, while I feel like a pink squirrel ice cream drink would be a fantastic beverage. Yes. It's not really going to sustain you all day. Oh, one beverage. 
I'm I'm gonna go with big bottle of whiskey because that you can sip on all day. Now hams would be my second choice, but I'm gonna have to go with a big bottle of whiskey. Yeah, I agree. If it's an all day like like I only get one bottle of something, it it's gonna be something hard. And probably bourbonish. Bourbonish? Mm-hmm. Bourbonish. <laughs> um uh, Kelly, I'm I'm glad you brought up the pink swirl stickers and Three thank, still have some. thank you both for um getting in yes. on this. Uh we're actually sold out. We're done. No we more. Are? Awesome. We are. So awesome. are we gonna are we gonna pick a winner tonight? We are gonna pick a winner. Um Woo! I've been debating on how we're gonna do this. <laughs> I was like, should we just have them both pick a number and then we divide that by two? How do you have two people pick a single number? Ooh. I know. Now we we're doing math stuff. How many? What's how many? Where it's sold? We could just like add things. Um, forty, forty-two. So we'll just have to pick numbers, low numbers. Mm-hmm. Forty-two total. What do we do? So we each pick a number, and then we would divide it by two. Is that? That seems fair to everybody, right? Between one and 42? Yeah. I could All ask right. my bartender to pick a random number. Do it. <laughs> yep. Is it- Michael! Between one and 42. Meatloaf! <clears throat> Probably the most Pick a qualified. number between one and 42. 12. Twelve. Doesn't get more random than that. <laughs> the huge fly fisherman, <laughs> Mr. Penn Sittig, out of Colorado, has won yeah. pink squirrels on the river and some pink squirrel flies um, from Mr. Matt Ebers. So we'll reach out to um, Mr. Ben. Let him know that he won. Uh, since he is in Colorado, um, we'll we'll discuss with him and see if he's going to try to arrange to come fishing with him, or we may uh, we may have him pick a number, and then that secondary number would just get the fun afternoon on the river uh, with some pink squirrels fishing. So yes. we'll leave it up to him. But, or, uh, or if anybody wants to go fishing, just message just us let, and we'll know. bring pink squirrels. Very true. So if you guys want to go fishing and drink pink squirrel sometime, let us know. Um, I think we, I think Matt's got the recipe dialed in. Um, I think we've got a few options for the blender at the truck level. So I think it's going to be a decent, decent idea. Kelly, does your bartender know how to make pink squirrels? Um, probably. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. I don't know if he can you hear the pots and pans. He's like doing something. Is he making pink squirrels? Um, He's thinking about it. Doing something. Smells really good in here. Nice. Well, um, I'd like to thank you guys uh, for spending your Monday evening with us um, and uh, taking time out of your busy schedules. And as always, if you're listening, smash that like button, share your friends, push the things and listen to the podcast.
Yeah. Hopefully this time it'll be at normal speed and not double speed like it was the last time. I'll try okay. not to mess it up this time around. Um, but yeah, check out Fly Fishing Women of Minnesota. We'll have all their stuff in the show notes. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you, Kelly. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Yeah, thanks. And, thanks uh, Thank you. I'm going to hit stop recording now and uh, everybody have a good evening. Me too.